0: Amen, let's get into the word. Uh, Today's message is going to come from the 31st Psalm. Uh, I'm gonna be reading Psalm 31, verses one through five. Then I'm going to skip down to verses 15 and 16 uh, for today's message. Uh, Again, that is Psalm 31, verses one through five verses 15 and 16. There are many translations of God's word. I am going to be reading uh, the New International Version for you today, amen. Let's see what it has to say for us today, amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Keep me free from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. And verse 15 says, my times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, please. Oh Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, your name is great and greatly to be praised. We thank you, Father, for this time, this opportunity to gather in your word. God, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord God. Hide me behind your cross. Allow me to be a sign that points people to God. It is in Christ's name that we pray, amen. Uh, For the time that we get to spend together today, I'd like to talk a little bit about whose time is it anyway? Whose time is it anyway? Um, You know, as someone who has recently lost their mother, I spend a lot of time thinking about her. I think about uh, what were the last things we talked about. I think about the good times. I think about the not so good times. I, I think about what she said, always trying to hold on to certain memories. Um, and one thing I do remember fondly, or sometimes not so fondly, uh, growing up uh, as a child of Latane Bruce is that my mother was particular about time. Very particular. Um, She set all her clocks somewhere between 12 and 18 minutes ahead so that she wouldn't be late to places. Uh, She used to, uh, she would be one to leave us if uh, we were running late and and she needed to be somewhere. She was not going to miss a flight or any kind of travel engagement or be late to a meeting behind her late children. She also loved Daylight Savings Time to the point of annoyance. She used to text us because she had a countdown app on her phone and she would text us screenshots of the countdown, letting us know how long we had until it was time to spring ahead. She detested being late and she loved Daylight Savings Time because that was more daytime for her. Uh, My mother was also different about timing. Um, There's a a myth, an adage, a story, if you will, uh, about eagles. And I compared my mother to a eagle in the story there. There's a rumor that when the mother eagle knows that it's time for the eaglet to fly, they will push them out of the nest. Uh, in order to them get used to flying. And the parent eagle knows when it's time, even if the eaglet has gotten comfortable in their situation. I would venture to say that there are many major decisions I made in my life or executed in my life where I didn't necessarily think it was time, but I got strongly encouraged by my mother to move forward with them. I I, I wanted to check off certain boxes and make sure I had a plan in place before I moved forward with it. And my mother would so kindly remove some of those obstacles so that I could get it done just a little faster. Uh, I've moved houses before, I've changed careers, I've started businesses, I've gotten married, I've had children and done many things before I could check all the boxes off. But I grew up in a family that decided when it's time for you to do something, the family is going to help you do it. My grandmother's favorite phrase is that you will not fall through the cracks. I will lay on a crack so that you can fall on me before you fall through the cracks, even if you break my back. Uh, But my, and my mother, when she would want something uh, to go forward, she would say that God is going to work it out. Um, She wanted us to be on time and she wanted us to be in God's time, amen. Knowing the time is critically important in this fast-paced society. Fortunately, we don't really need to ask, what time is it? Uh, The current time is in the corner of our laptops. Uh, It's on the dash of our cars. We have watches, we have cell phones, the tablets. Uh, Everything is accurate to the second courtesy of the internet. If we're in the car, we find the time glowing at us digitally on the dash somewhere. We are generally aware of time and need to know what time it is. And we get to work on time. We've got to catch flights on time. We need to arrive early for our daughter or our son's dance performance in the Nutcracker. The office will not wait for us. The plane will not wait for us. The performance will not be delayed until we arrive. We have all these devices to ensure we're on time. We have pop-up reminders on our laptops, tablets, and smartphones. We have online calendars, probably several, to manage appointments and travel plans and school events. We even buy a book or two to help us manage our time more efficiently. And all of this happens because we assume And to some extent, correctly, that our time is ours alone to manage. And if we mismanage it, we have no one to blame but ourselves. Uh, Psalm 31 is a text about time. Uh, The Psalms are a collection of prayers and songs and liturgies and poems for every situation in our lives. And David is uh, credited as the author of Psalm 31, and he is going through a rough time. In the scripture, David seeks deliverance. Let the church say deliverance. Put deliverance in the comments. David is urgently and prayerfully pouring out his heart to God. He entrusts his very being to him, relying on the divine presence to rescue him from some of his vicious plotting enemies and to continue to keep him safe. Uh, One scholar says that Psalm 31 doesn't follow a logical or literary order. I can relate to that. When you are at your wit's end, sometimes you are not as eloquently uh uh, an, an eloquent speaker as you would like sometimes in your sentences the subject and the verb don't agree sometimes you don't have perfect grammar and syntax you aren't able to write a pulitzer prize winning article you are not willing to do you just know you need to call on someone for help i need somebody and i need them to come save me not now but right now so i can relate to the fact that psalm 31 doesn't go in some sort of perfect scholarly order because when you need help sometimes all you can get out is help help me please help me Jesus that my money is low and my bills are due help me please my I got fake friends and real enemies help me please my spouse the lost they oh Every one of their brain cells and it is going off. Help me, please. I got more month than money. Help me Sometimes you don't have a way to work out a perfect essay for it And so I can relate to this because when I need help sometimes all I can get out is help And so David is seeking deliverance. He's going to the one that is able to help him, the one that sticks closer than a brother, the one that never leaves the righteous forsaken nor the seed begging bread, the one that is able to lift you up from them bad situations, keep putting one foot in front of the other, dry your eyes, hold your head up and carry you forward. David is seeking deliverance. David is seeking deliverance because David suffers despair. Let the church say despair. Put despair in the comments. David prayerfully acknowledges his pain to the Lord. He is facing persecution and multiple death threats. His enemies, although unspecified, are real and they are causing him severe distress. They are among those who pay regard to worthless idols, it says in verse six. And because of them, he faces affliction. In verse seven, David lays out all his hurt before God all the way through, although I didn't read all of that in 31. If you read verses nine through 13, he lays it out. He cries out, Lord, have mercy on me. And because of his extreme distress, uh, uh, the Hebrew word means dire straits or or a, a difficult narrowing situation, which has constricted him Physically and emotionally, he speaks of his sorrow, sighing and misery and wasting away. But not only that, his adversaries scorn him and even his neighbors turn away from him in alarm when he needs them most. He's afraid that the people are going to forget him. And many folks are using whispering and plotting campaigns against David. When you see uh, 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 verse 20, it talks about that as well in the same chapter. Uh, Can I tell you for, can I be transparent? I I know a little something about that I I mean I know some other people may have had perfect friendships and perfect relationships all their life but I can tell you I know about some people who will actually like they're your friend in your face, smile in your face, but all the time trying to take your place. Help me out, backstabbers, backstabbers. I know some people that will talk about you behind your back just after shaking your hands. I know some people that will look at you and try to get you fired from your job. I know some people that'll try to get you lost in some sort of scam. I know some people, so I can relate to David's despair. But you know what else I can relate to? the fact that when all this is going on, he went to God. He went to God, he didn't gossip about it, he didn't complain, I mean he complained, but he complained to somebody that can make the situation better. He had despair and he turned to the Lord. You know sometimes when people are going through trouble they want to go away from the church they don't want to they want to go not only away from the church they want to go away from god that is what the enemy wants the enemy wants you isolated the enemy wants you to turn your back on what has gotten you through thick and thin but david in his despair turned to god and so david he was seeking deliverance And, and 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 david was was in this despair, uh, the next thing I saw is that David shows dedication. Let the church say dedication. Put put dedication in the comments. Uh, David is talking about his time being in God's hand. Uh, David is not speaking about the length of his life, but about what will be happening in his life, which depends largely on God. Um, Some translations say my time. Uh, The NRSV, the NAV, NASB, the King James Version, and the NIV say my times. Uh, uh, Some other ones are translated as my destiny, Uh, the the NET and the NAB. And and some translations say my future. And other translations say my fate. And, And the New Jerusalem Bible says, every moment of my life, David, trustingly places his precarious life due to these enemies and these acquaintances and fake friends and real enemies. He is putting his whole life in God's trustworthy providential care. And acknowledging that his life and his times are in the hands of God, uh, David has arrived to this conclusion uh, ahead of times. Uh, Perhaps he would have wished that he'd have come to this conclusion more quickly. But it was quick enough, and maybe more than quick enough. He was ahead of most of his contemporaries. Uh, There is but one God, and David has put his trust in God, and this trust in God is what has given him peace. Isn't, Isn't that where we want to be? Ahead of time? early and eager, uh, ready and steady, living life to the fullest in God's time, but not only in God's time, in God's hands. Uh, David is saying, I'm putting my life in the hands of God because in the hands of God, the psalmist knows that he can turn to help because God has helped him before. And if he did it before, he can do it again. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should seek cause to repent. This is the one who says it. This one says that my word shall not return to me void. If God said it, that settles it. And so David says with all of that going on, in to your hands I commit my spirit. I'm putting everything I have in this rocky Refuge, my times are in your hand. My fate is in your hand. My destiny is in your hand. My past and my future, not to mention my present, is in your hands. Uh, David says that in this time of trouble, I trust God fully. Oh, what peace we often forfeit oh what needless pains we bear all because we do not carry not some things not part of the things all because we do not carry everything to god in prayer he says my times are in your hands uh and 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 he he says uh, let your face shine upon your servant. Uh, let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. I, I, I like that word. I like that word every time I come across it because that unfailing love, that steadfast love, that's the said That's the promise. That's the covenant. I love you so much I'm willing to put it on paper that I love you and hold myself to the promise. Ah. But it's in God's hands. I I, I like uh, hands, right? Uh, We have a lot of conversation in English about hands, in English vernacular. They say all hands on deck, uh, which is the traditional and nautical command for every sailor to report to duty. And it refers to the necessity of everyone involved to, to lend a hand or assist. Uh, when we wanna mentor somebody or lead or nurture them, we do what? We we take them by the hand. When you are hostile to someone who has been kind to you or is helping you out, they call that biting the hand that feeds you, right? Uh, when you're busy, they say that you, your hands are full. To know something firsthand is to be directly familiar with the facts, and to hand something off is to pass it along to someone else. To force someone's hand, right, is to uh, compel them to act prematurely or involuntarily, and when you've got uh, one up on somebody, you've gained an advantage. You say, what? I have the upper hand. Uh, when you've obtained control, right? And when you have to do something yourself, they say, what? You're going to get your hands dirty. And, and my favorite one of all of those is when, when somebody is about to, uh, get in, in, into some fisticuffs, they're going to do what? Catch these hands. But these hands are, are, but what better place to put your hands in than in the hands of God? And it's because of David's confidence that he can declare into your hand, I commit my spirit. Uh, Where have I heard that before? Hmm. I I know David said it first, but I think I heard it somewhere else. Uh, 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 Almost 2,000 years later after David penned it in Psalms uh, 31, we hear that. Again, in Luke 24 and 46, where he says that Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Having breathed his last death, then he died. Uh, uh, the deacon um, Stephen's words are similar when he says in Acts 7 and 5, seven fifty-nine, 7, 59, Lord Jesus receive my spirit. Even though David himself was not dying, He nevertheless used those words to trust God. David relies primarily on the Lord, not himself. Even though he is a strong and skilled worker, he still wants to put his life, his future, his fate, his destiny, his joys and sorrows, his past and his present into God's hand. I'm reminded of the song that goes all in his hands. I put it all in his hands. All in his hands. I put it all in his hands. All of my burdens, my problems. If I have a question, I put it all. Yes God, I put it all in his hands. Whatever the problem, I Put it all in his hands i know that he can solve them i put it all in his hands he put this and that and this and that all in his hands no matter how great or how small god is the answer to them all so i put it all yes i put it all in god's hands in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit The doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Pray with me, please. Oh Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, your name is great and greatly to be praised. We thank you for this opportunity to get into your word, to learn to trust you and put everything in your hands. Lord God, I ask that this be a blessing to those who heard it and those who may, who may hear it later, that it blesses them and if they don't know Jesus Christ in the pardon of their sins, they will ask, what must I do to become saved? Lord God, let this word be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold. Let your holy word do its holy work in your holy people of your holy church for your holy kingdom. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor Jason Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching and God bless.